David, the, the Rangers situation is now going on for almost five years and no end in sight as far as I can see anyway. To, we've also moved into a new phase where the phase seems to be people like Dave King talking about reviving old co. Why? Well, that's a very good question because it really came out of left field. Why this newfound fascination in uh, Rangers old co uh, when all the focus uh, of late has been on a uh, the, the current club but uh, there's always rhyme and the reason and uh, if you look at uh, what's going on there's a, a lot of activity going on and it's still unclear what the outcome will be but there is definitely something afoot and it may well be there are those that would like to resurrect uh, the old club, the old co uh, and uh, there's certainly jockeying for position going on uh, amongst all of the, the players as we know them. Why, why would the be jockeying for... I mean, what's so attractive about Olko? Well, there's uh, changes in the, di- the, the dynamic. There's no doubt about that. And by that, I mean the current perception or the perception until very recently was that uh, Rangers Olko is a financial basket case and uh, it was simply a matter of the people that were owed money uh, would get X in the pound. And that was the perception. But uh, I'm not so sure that is still the perception because the amount of debts appear to be falling uh, and uh, the amount of revenues or assets, cash, uh, are rising uh, with the potential of uh, the current or the old club rather, uh, perhaps owning the current Rangers assets because the deal that took uh, those assets from the club in liquidation to the new company is certainly under question uh, since the parties to that deal have been charged and uh, the outcome of that case will be very interesting. Was that a bona fide deal uh, or were the, uh, the creditors of old, old co old club uh, prejudiced as a result of an asset sale at five and a half million? Uh, that's the question that more and more of the players, the Rangers players, I don't mean the players in the part obviously, yeah. the, the financial players are asking and they're all posi- they're all repositioning well there, there seems to be two i think key areas here one is obviously the the the, the fact that uh, the, those people uh, have been charged with various offenses uh, and the second is this re-emergence of the of the infamous floating charge well that, that's right the two, that's the two key areas and uh, the question is who owns uh, the assets and who has a claim on the assets and this is what it's what it's all about so it's a matter of public record uh, that Rangers in liquidation sold the club assets to what is currently called the Rangers Football Club Limited for five and a half million. But what tends to get glossed over is that uh, those assets were then passed on uh, a substantial markup off the top of the head, 25 million to what is now called Rangers International Football Club PLC. So, so essentially that was a sale of uh, what was then Sevco Scotland became TRFC to RIFC. Yeah, now, I don't want to complicate it with all the different names, but yes, what we know as Sev- Sevco Scotland mm-hmm. changed its name to uh, the Rangers Football Club Limited. Yeah, and then the the chosen few that owned that club, the penny share man men, as they're euphemistically called, mm-hmm. uh, then sold their shares uh, in this company in exchange for shares in 
Rangers International Football Club PLC and at that point the club was floated and then a lot of people and the fans and the institutions came in at 70 pounds a share. So what's not always understood is that uh, the chosen few, as I call them, sold their shares in a share exchange, not mm -hmm. a cash exchange, a share exchange into what is now the PLC that all the guys that we know about are fighting over, you know, with no end in sight to that fight. Uh, but that's a key element because the deal that took the assets into the Rangers Football Club Limited for five and a half million pounds is certainly going to get questioned given the fact that the parties that did that deal, those representing the sellers, Duff and Phelps, those representing the buyers, as it appears to be uh, Mr Green and Mr White, uh, you know, have, 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 are facing charges. Well, th th there's a, I think there's a couple of sort of consequential scenarios here. I mean, obviously, we, we, we talked about the uh, about, about the criminal case that's coming up, but I think... The and we're not allowed to talk about no, the No, 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 we're talking about, about the fact that it exists, uh -huh. and, and obviously, you know, we, we don't want to prejudice anything that's going on there. But but this re-emergence by Worthington eh, of the, um, the this floating charge, which Craig White uh, had transferred from Lloyd's uh, when, he bought the, when he bought the club... Um, what, how, what are the consequences for new co-rangers if they were to win that claim? Would there be any consequence? Well, the consequence would be uh, who ends up owning Rangers. Uh, who ends up owning and then Rangers? Who ends up owning the, the assets that is Rangers? Who ends up owning the licence? So in other words, you can't take any of these two situations in isolation, that they're, they're, they're interconnected? Well, they're obviously they're interconnected because there's no point having a football stadium, uh, a training ground, badges and crests, uh, unless you have uh, <coughs> an SFA licence to make use of those assets yeah. through competing in you know, football leagues, etc. So the two go hand in glove and you can't really separate them. And that that's, should be obvious to all. But uh, you, you then talked about uh, <laughs> Craig White and his refusal to go away, and Charles Green as well. Uh, so at the risk of, sort of complicating things, imagine a scenario whereby the assets were returned, the Rangers' assets mm. uh, were returned or had the capability of being returned to uh, the club in liquidation. Suddenly that starts to get very interesting. The perception that it's just a, 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 an insolvent basket case you know, starts to look slightly different. If there's an asset injection into that uh, company in liquidation, coupled with the fact that it's understood that Dave King's claim was thrown out, so there's another 20 million credit mm -hmm. uh, to the, uh, the liquidated balance sheet, uh, you know, there's increasing word on the street, inverted commas, that uh, the HMRC, you know, will lose most of the big tax case. Mm -hmm. You know, the big tax case off the top of the head was worth 72 million. You know, so suddenly that disappears from the, 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 the list of uh, <coughs> creditors. It's not inconceivable that Rangers and liquidation become solvent. And therein, as far as I can work out, lies the reason for this newfound fascination with Rangers and liquidation. Okay, this can, explains. Can I ask one question okay. there, just just as a mutual? If the if HMRC were to lose uh, this appeal to the court of session, and they then consequently appeal to a higher court, would that contingent liability still have to be in the balance sheet? 
Yeah, I mean, the one thing that is certain from all of this is that you know, Rangers have years and years of uncertainty ahead of them because I can't see any party that's losing out as a consequence of any changes in the dynamics suddenly just going to say, yeah, that's fine, I'm going to go away. Mm -hmm. I think there's going to be appeals and complaints and uh, continued uh, uncertainty, uh, you know, hanging in and around uh, Rangers. And that's just a matter of fact. That's common sense. I, I just don't see this clearing up anytime soon and it, it could and it should quite frankly you know last year's years could be two three four five years I, I i don't know nobody knows but it's not going to go away so what you were saying then is basically get back to what you were saying before i interrupted which was that the 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 the, the cash position at the old co uh, is starting to look a lot better than the cash position that the new co uh, yeah yeah i mean and this you know this tends to explain i do believe why Dave King suddenly, out of the blue, I don't think anybody expected it, you know, started talking about uh, Old Co. You know, why? There's always a reason. There's always a rhyme to the reason. And I think what we've been talking about, you know, is that rhyme to the reason. Uh, you know, is Old Co a better bet than New Co, given the, the ongoing fight there is between the owners, the uncertainty over who owns the assets, mm -hmm. the uncertainty over who owns shares, the inability to get resolutions through because not everybody's singing from the same hymn sheet. It's, it's, and it does explain, I also believe, why you know, equity's not going into uh, uh, current Rangers, and it does explain why. Because of the doubt over yeah, the because of the doubt. ownership. I mean, of the who assets. would buy shares if you're not sure of uh, the company that you're buying shares and owns the assets? What would happen in a situation like that? Like, say, some uh, institutional investor puts twenty million pounds into new co, uh, and then it's found that uh, that the I'm watching what I'm saying here that the, that the assets are returned to old co as a consequence of. Well, nobody would do that. Uh, nobody would do that because at the end of the day. When you're raising equity uh, uh, in a public manner, uh, Rangers is still a PLC, remember? Yeah. Uh, it still uh, has to abide by the rules of the takeover panel, mm -hmm. even though it's not listed in any recognised stock exchange. And no institution, and I say this without qualification, you know, would invest uh, in, a, in a company like this uh, without certain uh, warranties and guarantees. So the board, you know, would have to. Uh, warrant and guarantee that, that what uh, they were asking an institution or any other shareholder mm -hmm. uh, to invest in was as it appeared. So I, I don't think there's any realistic prospect of uh, new equity going into current Rangers uh, at all. And, and Dave King said as much, you know, Rangers will get by uh, for the time being uh, on soft loans, uh, as I think the phrase he used, and that really means uh, the director's the three bears, as they're euphemistically called, you know, you know will top up uh, the bank account, you know, once or if uh, money's run out. But can they do that indefinitely? You know, well, we're talking maybe know. two, three, four. I, I, I don't know the answer to that question. I, I think they would have to, because I'm not aware of any other alternatives. You know, that would keep the ship afloat if they didn't. But there's nothing to suggest that they won't. So there's no point to go down that road. So from uh, from the, the new co's board's point of view, what's the most favourable outcome for all of this? The most favor favourable out outcome, no matter where you are in the range of spectrum, a fan, an owner, a wannabe, is you have to have certainty, you have to have stability, 
uh, you have to have a clear path forward and the problem is you don't have that and there's there's not too much sign of having that clear path forward anytime soon for all the reasons we've touched upon it's it's, it's not that a pleasant situation though, the truth be told but what, what, what's King's um, if you like what, what, what's the benefit to him for instance if the assets were returned to the local well I don't know if there's any direct benefits to him if it's returned to the old co but if old co ends up with the assets anybody that's interested in taking rangers forward will obviously be interested in that mm. it may be no more than just trying to create a hand for himself in the great big game of poker that you know we're talking about here so he's hedging his bets others are hedging their bets there's other activity you know in and around old co mm. and the company which we haven't talked about yet that uh, allegedly owns old co that's a, 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 a well. That's what I was going to ask you next. Anyway, could you, you lay out what the 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 situation is with Gatara, and I know there's been developments this morning as well. Right. So we're so we're drawing a line in the sand here. You know the situation at Old Co is looking increasingly interesting because liabilities have the potential to go down, and the asset base has the potential to go up. So that's why there's the new found interest in this. You then look at who's who is the potential beneficiary of this increasingly attractive investment that is the old cone liquidation. Mm -hmm. Well, obviously, if you're a preferred creditor, that means you get your hands on uh, any money uh, that's in old co before all the unsecured people. So Q uh, Law Financial, uh, which is owned by, or allegedly, apparently, owned by the Worthington Group, you know, which is closely associated with Craig White. Mm -hmm. So Law Financial is claiming uh, and has lodged papers to this effect that it has a debenture first charge essentially over all the assets uh, in old co-rangers. What that means is they would get everything they were entitled to before anybody else get anything. And uh, they have served notice on BDO the liquidators of Old Co, and uh, that is being examined, and no doubt there'll be a legal dispute there. Uh, you don't know what the outcome will be, but there's certainly a claim over the assets. There's no no question about that. That's live and present, mm -hmm. uh, and unarguable. The next thing that's happened is there's been a whole lot of a uh, corporate activity over the company that owns a uh, controlling interest. And Rangers Old Co. Mm -hmm. Now this is the Craig White vehicle, formerly known as a Wave Tower. This is the vehicle he used to buy uh, the shares in Old Co. Rangers from the Murray Group or Murray International or, or whatever the, the name Murray is. Sports. Murray Sports. There you go. Uh, and it has subsequently Wave Tower has subsequently changed its name to Rangers FC Group Limited. <laughs> uh, very confusing, <laughs> you know. Uh, but uh, and then it's, they were facing uh, being struck off but that striking off motion has been removed uh, in the last two weeks they have filed at least three annual returns that's a return that you have to put in to uh, keep the company's records up to date so there's one get in for off the top of their head 2012 13-14 and I actually think uh, there might be a 15 in as well so four annual returns have been submitted, almost certainly in the last two weeks. Two new directors have been appointed, 
uh, in the last two weeks. Uh, three new directors, I beg your pardon, uh, Mr. Doug Ware, who is the chief executive of uh, Worthington Group and de facto Law Financial, and two corporate directors. One is uh, Liberty Corporate, <laughs> a UK incorporated company. Uh, I'm not sure who owns that, but you know, Liberty is a name, you know, which is closely associated with Craig White. Yeah. So they were appointed a, a corporate director uh, today, today or Friday. I, yeah. I can't remember uh, exactly. And then the other corporate director is Law Financial. So it's got new directors. Has filed its annual returns. It's claiming a debenture, first claim, first dibs over uh, Rangers and Liquidations assets. All at the same time that Dave King's talking about, you know, the, the fascination of old rangers. The, this is not spontaneous combustion. This is almost certainly as a result of uh, some sort of uh, plan or uh, hedging of bets, uh, and it's it's very interesting. It, it seems to me that the, the point you're laying out before us here is a situation where the the new co-rangers. Uh, whether they survive or not, if, if old co's ever uh, you know, revived, uh, the new co-rangers can't go anywhere. They, they, they're just stuck in a corner somewhere. Well, maybe stuck in a corner is too, uh, too drastic a phrase to use. I would summarise it by saying that whilst you have persistent and continued uncertainty, uh, it will be extremely difficult, if not impossible, for rangers uh, to get any permanent long-term equity finance and that short-term loans as and when required from the board will be uh, the order of the day um, and uh, so that's not ideal mm. uh, for moving forward but at the end of the day if they've got a, a good manager a competitive team uh, the team is winning games uh, they win the championship you know, fan, fan, fans will feel feel good about that. Uh, they may well, if that happens, carry that into the the, the Premiership. But uh, there are certainly long-term problems. I mean, the, the fans are possibly, as, you know, I mean, I, I know that there's an emotional attachment for them which which doesn't exist for 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 investors. But the fans might well think, well, you know, what is it we're putting our money into here as well? And, and in fact, let's be honest, the, the fans have been screwed royally from day one because uh, you know there's been a series of people who who appear to have uh, been in and out of Rangers making promises which never ever materialised. Well, Rangers fans in, in that respect uh, are not that different from other fans. They, they tend to get taken for granted. There's been a conveyor belt, a conveyor belt of people, you know, running the club. Uh, and uh, it must have been it must be tough being a Rangers fan over the last few years to, to see what's happened to them but at the end of the day most fans are fans because they support a football team they go to watch games uh, they buy season tickets and as we speak you know Rangers are, are winning games uh, they're top of the championship and that's a great uh, you know, that's, that's a feel good thing mm-hmm. uh, and they're not really interested in fans in my experience are not really interested in corporate comings and goings unless you know it threatens the continued existence of their club uh, and that's what we have here but these problems are, are, are made easier just now because uh, Rangers are winning football games the, this uh, assisting procedure that uh, the people talk about about bringing a club uh, or bringing any company uh, out of liquidation 
Is that something that's, I mean, I know it's rare, but do you think it's, it's possible, feasible to do it? Given the, given the figures? That, that yeah. The, well, if, if the balance sheet of Rangers in liquidation moves from insolvent to solvent, you know, it, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. And it's worth something. That's what we're talking about here. Rangers in liquidation has the potential to be worth something. That's why all the actions we've been talking about in this interview are taking place. It's not spontaneous combustion, the phrase we've already used. It's not just a fascination. There is logic to this, and it's to do with hedging your bets. Sitting at the, the core of this conundrum is the fact that you now have two companies who could end up claiming ownership of the assets of Rangers. Mm-hmm. And that's why the players, inverted commas, that I'm talking about are repositioning themselves to account for that possibility. And if that does so happen... in a way, it's quite s- simple. But there'll probably be a compromise as well, wouldn't there, if you were in that situation? That, that well, I, 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 I've got you know, lots of friends that are Rangers fans and I, that, what I've said to them when, when I've been out with them is for God's sake when is peace going to break out yeah. you know Rangers are not going to go anywhere sustainably positive unless peace breaks out but for goodness sake I mean uh, I just can't see any signs of peace there should be there should be a serial burying of hatchets here uh, mm. for uh, people that claim to have a love uh, for Rangers Football Club but there's been no sign of that and that's that's really the problem Does this explain this situation explain why some of the more canny investors who people had expected perhaps might invest in Rangers in the past haven't done so because they, they foresaw this kind of situation and if that's the case why didn't Dave King? Well I, I, I don't know the answer to your second question but I know the answer to your first question I, I know several of uh, very wealthy Rangers fans have been approached by several, yeah that's right, several uh, international investors who, who see what Rangers are capable of uh, if they interact together. Mm-hmm. But I would say all of them, you used the word canny, uh, all of them to a man you know, are just put off by the backbiting, the fighting uh, and some of the more uh, crazy fan groups that ha- hang around Rangers. Uh, it's just not pleasant. I mean, Bill Miller, uh, you know, he, he basically just didn't need it and walked away from it. Mm. And there's at least two other uh, very wealthy overseas investors that I'm aware of uh, who have come to the same conclusion. It puts off serious investors when there's mud flying about uh, and fighting and street movements and things of that ilk, uh, which again, I think is crazy. But do you you think that anybody ever foresaw the the doubt over the sale uh, to Sevco Scotland? I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, I think certain people did ask themselves, five and a half million, you've got to be kidding. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, people, I said that at the time. Uh, I don't know lots of other people that said that at the time. Uh, And it looks like we were right because certainly if you think about it, assets are resold, we talked about this earlier, to the PLC in a share exchange. That's mm. the penny deal that certain people know about, or the, yeah, plus the fans know about. That, that tends to suggest what the real value was. If you could <coughs> buy something for five and a half and sell it for 25, or whatever the number yeah. was, I can't be bothered. But see, I always thought the 25 was, was a bit high. 
you know what I mean? It's a, they, they, I think well, they're in the balance sheet for a lot more than that. Five and a, all I would say with absolute certainty is that five and a half seemed a bit low. Hmm. I don't know how, how much they're worth, but you know, I think a lot of people had a sharp intake of breath, you know, when, when they changed hands for five and a half. But if, and again, hypothetical situation, if this criminal case goes away, you know, if uh, tomorrow everything or it had never happened and there was no question of a floating charge anywhere ever um, they, they would probably now be in a fair position to go and raise money then well you know if there was a clear path forward uh, yeah but that's the elusive scenario that everybody's been looking for and waiting for a clear path forward right now there's no sign of that now let's be clear you talked about if the debenture goes away now it's entirely conceivable that, that uh, you know the law financial claim on the debenture will be thrown out. It might go to court. It'll be thrown out. But all that means is that uh, the liberty get don't get <coughs> first dibs, <laughs> first claim in the assets. That's all it means. It just means the assets, the cash pot, is still there mm-hmm. for distribution. So that that's not really that important, or it might be important. You know, if it's the the comeback of Craig Craig White and his cronies, it would be important to to, to Rangers fans. But per se, it doesn't really matter. It's I, I think what's more relevant is uh, who owns the assets. Is it conceivable that those assets uh, or the value attributable to those assets could end up in the old corn liquidation pot? I think that's what's relevant. T- tell me this, is, is there any dispute over the ownership of the Craig White's former stake in old coal? I mean, you know, as far as I can see, the uh, Worthington Group or Law Financial owned that. Well, I, I don't... I'm not aware of any uh, question over whether he bought the shares or not. That was the deal, just to be clear here. I mean, this is... Well, the reason I'm asking is because would, would they have locus to uh, to present the floating charge in, in court if, if they weren't the owners? Oh, yes. They would? They do have locus, uh, but they, or they're saying they have locus. Ah. But it's not so much a question mark over the ownership of the, the company, as far as I can make out. It's really a question mark over the validity, you know, of the debenture, yeah, uh, rather than the validity of the person that's claiming to have the debenture. Uh, but just to go back to that, there was a share purchase agreement between Murray Sports, as you've called it, and Wave Tower, which is currently called Rangers FC Group Limited, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure you know that was done uh, in a proper manner. Uh, so I don't think there's any real question mark over the ownership of those shares that is the company that owns the club in liquidation mm. the debenture is more airy fairy that is the original debenture for the avoidance of doubt that was held by Lloyd's TSB mm. now there is another court case that a lot of people forget about you know which is to do with Craig White's behaviour I think I think he's been charged I'm sure he's been charged uh, although I can't remember what it was over, but I think it's more to do with the funding of that deal mm-hmm. uh, and the involvement of Ticketus and where the money came from, the source of funds, was it declared, was there a fraud? Uh, and again, you, because it's a court case, you don't know how it will turn out, but it just adds to the, the maelstrom and the mess. Uh, even sounds complicated listening to themselves speak here <laughs> because there's question marks all down the line from the date that uh, Murray Sports sold the original club with assets right up till just now. Almost the, everything that's happened since then is contested. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike Ashley must be a bit peeved. 
as well. You know, I mean, he, I mean, he thinks that, I suppose, but, but I, I kind of put myself in, in, in Mike Ashley's head, but, but uh, you would think that given that he owns the, the IP rights at the moment, that he would think that he was in a good place. But of course, you know, that, that could be in doubt as well. Well, that's right. I mean, uh, he's got security over all the Rangers' assets, allegedly ownership over all or some of the Rangers' assets, but even that would be brought into question if, as a could be brought into question as a consequence of this court case. Does this so nobody's quite sure who owns what, whether yeah. they continue to own what. Or it really is a bit of a mess. So might that explain, again, hypothetically, uh, why... Uh, Rangers haven't paid Mike Ashley's loan back yet. It could be. I don't know. That's just because, speculation. You know, they, they I still think it's because they don't have the money, but it may well be because of the subject matter we're talking about. But a lot of this has only unfolded of late, so uh, it doesn't really matter. They've all got stakes in the game mm -hmm. in terms of equity, in terms of loans, in terms of assets, in terms of ownerships of assets. And the winner of situations that tends to be the person with the deepest pockets and uh, you know Ashley doesn't say much which is a smart thing uh, and he certainly get deep pockets uh, and I, uh, you, you, you would be wrong to assume that uh, in all of this you know he's holding a good hand uh, uh, in this game of cards, so to speak. If you were, if you were Dave King or, <coughs> any, or any other the Rangers directors for that matter, do you think it would make sense to extend the hand of friendship a wee bit to Ashley, given the fact that there may well be yeah. a, a, a civil case contesting the ownership of the assets yeah. further down the line? Because like, he's deep pockets. Yeah. I don't like the way you started that, if I were Dave King. <laughs> <laughs> so that aside, <laughs> uh, that aside uh, my mantra has always been, uh, Rangers uh, will find it very difficult uh, to move forward on a sustainable basis unless peace breaks out. Mm -hmm. Peace has to break out, but there seems to be such animos, uh, animosity uh, between certain players in the game or in this, this game that uh, there's no sign that we're there yet. Mm -hmm. But uh, hatchets have to get buried and peace has to break out. Stability has to... Uh, surface and for you know rangers to move forward on a sustainable basis is there any single event that that could take place that could change things like turn them in their head the court cases it's the court cases in, in a way it's all about the court cases now uh, it's, it's less so about the individuals it's less so about shares it's less so about loans it's less so about securities the courts have taken over in, in, in respect of the key elements of this Rangers saga going forward. But then again, if there's a, if somebody is prejudiced as a result of a court case, there's an appeal. Mm -hmm. And then there's an appeal upon an appeal, etc., etc. Uh, the same way as we have with the, the, the big tax case. You know, if somebody has deep enough pockets and they're prejudiced as a result of a court case uh, and they're motivated to, to appeal with all the costs in that involved, uh, they can do it, but I, I think this is all about the courts now. It, it seems to me that, that, that if you're a Rangers fan, that, that there's, there's no good news at the moment, not really anyway. Um, well, there is, I mean, they've got a winning team in the park. Yeah, well, well absolutely true, but I'm, I'm, I'm talking about for the long-term future of the well, club. Yeah, I, I, again, no, it, it, we're football fans here, it's at the end of the day, 
fans support football team for what they see in the park and other things where it stands for etc but probably won, they've won all the games haven't they I think they have yeah. uh, and they're top of the league uh, chances are all things being equal uh, money wise uh, they'll be in the premiership competing again uh, old firm games a sensitive word for Celtic fans uh, <laughs> a sen- sensitive two words for Celtic fans uh, you know th- that, that'll make Rangers fans happy yeah what about uh, the Rangers fans claims well in fact not just Rangers fans claims that, uh, that, that, that the authorities in Scotland have stood by and, and allowed this to happen and, and certainly appear in the face of it to have interfered you know with, with a light touch well, I mean, that's another subject you're opening up there. You know. And, uh, no, I'm not putting the spot here. Rangers fans think they've been hard done by. Yeah. Celtic fans and uh, the rest of the Scottish fan base, to a significant degree, yeah. think Rangers have been cut a special deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and never the twain shall meet. You know, that's just the way it is. I mean, I've got my own views. I don't think both... Both views have to be exclusive, though. Uh, you know, I, I, because I, because I don't see how. Uh, to me, I've got a lot of sympathy for Rangers fans who say, you know, why was was there not better due diligence done on the people who were coming into the club? Why, uh, of course, you know, having said that, I can imagine if the SFA had have pulled the plug in in any of those individuals, uh, there would have been an outcry by Rangers fans at the time. But you know, that's the SFA's job to, to uh, you know, to govern Scottish football. Well, this is how I see it. At the end of the day, you know, Rangers are one of the two biggest clubs in Scotland by some very considerable margin. Uh, it's a bad thing f- for the regulators, the SFA, and this is all politics aside, mm-hmm. if you lose uh, your, your big biggest clubs. or one of your two biggest members. That's a bad thing, and I don't think anybody you know, with a brain would argue about that. Where the argument and the debate starts is how the SFA dealt with that. Were Rangers cut special treatment? Uh, were they treated uh, in a favourable way? And the answer to that is, is yes. There's no question about that. They get treated in a way that I'm making it up now. Gretna, you know, uh, when yeah. we went burst in 2008, you know, didn't get treated. Uh, or Airdrie. Uh, 10, 15 years ago, whenever it was, get treated. They get treated specially and royally you know, because of who they were. Uh, and to a degree, you know, that's understandable because you don't want to lose mm. your uh, second biggest member. We political statement there. <laughs> but for the point of view of sporting integrity, then. You know, it's, well, you know, do you think that that's why it's complicated? Yeah, yeah, is but, it, you but don't you think if if somebody at the SFA had said, "Look, yes, we, we the, there is a special arrangement being made here because we can't afford to lose the money that Rangers bring into the football, for instance," which is the usual argument. Uh, we, you know, we can't uh, let down 50, 40, 50,000 fans if every week we've got to give them a club to play for. You know, at least be honest about it. Well, but can you can you imagine what would happen <coughs> if uh, the SFA said, "Yeah, we realise this is." Uh, expedient and they realise it's special treatment but come on guys it's uh, one of our biggest clubs we have no choice but to uh, give them special treatment so I hope you understand why we've done it so are we are we okay with that? <laughs> no I agree you, you know there yeah. would still have been a resounding no but their, job's but, not, know, but their job it, isn't it, to be popular in a lot of respects it was an impossible situation you know for the SAP to be put in 
you know, really. Yeah. There was no easy way out of it. Uh, it. It would have been, it doesn't matter what your football politics are, it would have been, and I know I'm being controversial here, a bad thing, you know, for, for Rangers to disappear. It might only have been for two, one season, two seasons, three seasons. And I do know Rangers fans very well, you know, that would happily have settled for that, you know, taking a year out. And, and in a lot of respects, I have to say, that might have been the most sensible thing to do, to take a year out to get all your ducks in a row mm-hmm. and come back on a sound, unquestionable legal base, uh, which nobody could really criticise. That, with hindsight, you know, may well have been the best thing to do, but the view was taken, no, we can't afford to lose these guys, let's get them in. And they were, they were treated in a way that smaller clubs wouldn't have been, but... I don't really have, personally, I have too much of a problem with that. Okay, David, thanks for your time. Okay, thank you.